Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew, the music pastor here, and I'm joined today with, uh, I'm joined today, what, who, who, who (laughs) are you and what, how do I say who you are? I'm Chase. You're Chase. Chase We we have a special guest today. We have a super special guest, first time on the podcast, Keith Schwamm. Keith, uh, welcome, brother. Thanks for taking the time. And we are excited to have him here. He is a uh, longtime DSC member, and you are a ministry leader. Uh, you oversee the safety team uh, that kind of helps uh, consider the safety of our gatherings uh, every for every gathering. Uh, you are a community group leader. You're an ACBC certified biblical counselor, and you help uh, direct our biblical counseling training center here, and you can tell us a little bit about that. Um, He's an elder candidate. You're also an elder candidate. And a hot air balloon enthusiast. Yeah. It used to be. What What else do we do? We not know about you, Keith? How many presidents have you met in your life? Yeah. Let's start there. How many presidents have I met in my life? One, uh, making me think here, five? Five. Five presidents. That's more than most people. You worked for the Secret Service in a previous life. I did. I did. In this life. <laughs> in, in a previous chapter of this yeah. this life, somewhere Correct. around That's the time right. that you were also yeah. a hot air balloon yeah. enthusiast. Yes, so, when I was younger, I worked for the service about 10 years, just shy of that. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit of, about you and your family and how long you've been at DSC? And, uh, sure. Yeah, and, those kinda, and maybe you could talk about those areas of ministry that I mentioned, and sure. specifically the biblical counseling, because that'll kind of uh, help frame our discussion today. Yeah, so... Uh, Pleased to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. It was great. Um, married to my lovely wife, Debbie. Um, she works at the church also part-time as administrative assistant. We have three kids. Uh, Christopher's our youngest, just turned 13. Uh, Carissa is 18, graduating this year from high school. And then our oldest is Haley. She's 23, uh, out on her own. Um, been around the church since Riverview days. Started attending in the fall of 1990. Um, there's a, there's a fun story behind that, but, um, save that for another podcast. Uh, we left the job, transferred us out to the DC area in January, 2000. So we were away from there until August of 05, um, came back and I was looking for four men. If I saw the four men, I knew that the theology at the church was still good. And Bill Reed was at the front door. Check. Um, Terry was in back. Excellent. Um, David McDovich was by the coffee bar, um, and that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we just took it there. So um, I do lead uh, safety team ministry. Been doing that for a little over a year now. Took that from uh, Doug Sean. Uh, been a community group leader for I don't know how long now. Um, and then when Scott Minema left, the church asked me to step in as biblical counseling coordinator. Been doing that since August. Um, it's been... Uh, a lot of fun. It's been good to get to know the ministry a little bit better, and I am a director of our DSC Counseling Training Center, which many people may not know we have. Um, yeah, so there's a excellent. There's it in a nutshell. Excellent, well, brother. Yeah, you've been uh, been here a long time, so that's a, many years of faithful ministry and service to our church, and we're really thankful for you. Thankful for your work in all of those areas. Uh, for today, we want to discuss uh, conflict resolution or confrontation. Um, we touched on it a little bit, and uh, Chase, you did in your sermon from Isaiah 2, mm-hmm. um, and then this Sunday, we'll get to hear from 
Caleb in Galatians chapter 2, where we see Paul confronting Peter. Um, and so we wanted to consider this a little bit more and kind of drill down on the idea of how do we resolve conflicts. Um, so, so to start off, you can put on your, your biblical counselor hat for us. You can take off your Secret Service hat and maybe your safety team hat and put on your counselor hat. And somebody comes to you and they're in conflict, whether in a marriage or any other relationship that they have. Um, they're in conflict. Uh, they lay out the conflict for you. What's your first steps? What are your first questions or comments after somebody comes to you? Yeah, this initial answer may seem a little odd to some, but as biblical counselors, we're going to look. We're going to look really quick at heart issues. What what's going on at the heart level? Um, we may we may start. I tend to start with understanding that God is sovereign in the situations. Where's God in the middle of this conflict? He's wow. there. He's not missing. Um, and 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 once we can understand God is sovereign, God is trustworthy, uh, we can look at what the Bible has to say about our heart. It has a lot to say mm. about our heart. Um, you mean the heart of the person that's coming to you saying, no, the problem is somebody else. I've got a conflict right. with somebody else. But you're saying, no, let's look at your heart first. Let's start there. Right, and we're thinking beyond the organ, right? We're talking about what the Bible has to say, which is the control center. This is our mm -hmm. thinking. This is our emotions. This is our, our desires, our wants, our will. Those are all words we could attribute to the heart. Um, but oftentimes in conflict, you're, right, you're exactly right, Chase. The, the other person is at fault. I'm, I'm good mm -hmm. in the middle of this. They're the ones that are at fault. And, and we really need to look and see inwardly, what does my heart have to do with this? Um, Paul Tripp would say, in, in the case of a marriage, you are your biggest problem in your marriage. Right? Right. If we could start to think that way, we could start to uh, respond rightly to the conflict that we're involved wow. in. Yeah, the world's philosophy would always say that any problem we have is from an external source. So the problem lies outside, the answer is within, if we just look within. And you're, you're saying that the Bible teaches us and you try to show your counselees that actually we need to we, we need to look in to see the problem uh, and then look outside of us in God's word and namely, I'm sure, in Christ uh, to find the solution. And that's not to say still, right, that there aren't circumstantial things acting on us, external things that act on us, but it's still even how we respond to those things is still a heart issue. That's still the place that you need to start is in, in the inward being in yourself. Exactly. As all of those pressures push in on us, Jeremiah 17 calls it the heat, mm -hmm. as it comes down on us, our heart is going to naturally respond. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, I'm respond am I responding in obedience to God's Word, mm -hmm. or am I responding in disobedience? We call that sin, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we want, we, I want to be responding in obedience all the time, but we we don't do that naturally. Yeah. Genesis 3, right? We, we're driven to the disobedient side of the heart mm -hmm. often. So if you help somebody see uh, that, that okay, maybe I, there's this problem with me, you know, maybe there's something going on, how, how do you help them maybe see where their heart, what, what's going wrong in their heart, and, and how do you fix that? How do you start there? Well, we'll all, we are all born to worship something. We don't, we, don't, we don't come out of the womb worshiping God alone. We're mm -hmm. worshiping something. And so we would start there. What what is it that what is it that you're desiring? What is it that you are wanting that's at the heart of this conflict? What is it that you're worshiping? And we could call those idols. Yeah. Um, again, Bible has a lot to say about how we respond to idols, um, um, or how we keep them, how we 
polish them, how we, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. let them go. Um, and, and when we can begin to see our own heart condition and our own idols and identify the root sin behind them, then we can start to respond to the conflict. We mm. can start to deal with the conflict. So mm. somebody hears you say idol, they might be thinking like the little statue that's yeah. that's on the shelf in Golden the Thai calf. restaurant. Or, you know, so what, what do you mean? What does the Bible mean when we're talking about idols? Yeah, I would explain it as if if we could picture our heart as worshiping something, we've carved out little spaces that we've put something else in the place of God. Mm. Right? God wants our whole heart, but we got little closets we keep other things in, and we've replaced them in those areas. Mm. Um, I've got my favorite. I may stow them away. I may not even see them in front of me for a time, but they come out every now and then. Um, and and trans, they, they, they come in the way of my worship of God yeah. because they've... They become my worship. Mm. They become my desire. So what, what, what might be an example? Uh, work could be an example. Um, we were joking earlier, the dishwasher could be the example, mm. right? Um, sex, um, uh, alcohol, um, parenting, yeah. or even my marriage yeah. could be my idol. Yeah, that's good. I love how you started it, Keith, with you, you, you talk about God. So in any conflict... We have to remember who who our God is. So you start with doctrine, you start with truth, how God has revealed himself, and then how that should shape our worship and our lives and even our conflict uh, resolution and peacemaking. Um, so when you start there, maybe point us somewhere in scripture uh, that, that's a good place to uh, to start when you're when you're uh, starting out in some of these conversations uh, as you consider um, Doctrine, so it doesn't just have to be doctrine of God, but but as we're looking at God's Word, that's what we want. We we want to we want to have our Bibles open when we're having these conversations, right? This is not man giving man wisdom to other men, right? We want wisdom from above. So where 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 do you turn to first? Yeah, we we could look we could look at Psalm one, Jeremiah seventeen to think about the heart. We could look at what are we treasuring in Luke six, I think it is mm-hmm. Matthew six. Um, those would be good places to look at how we're how we're centering our heart. Mm. But once we start to drift into the conflict and managing conflict, I have just found Colossians three twelve through fourteen to just be good text. It's kind of hard to be thinking this text rightly and not responding rightly. And, okay. Yeah. Um, could you read it for yeah, us? Yeah, happy to. Chapter three, verse twelve. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. There's a model. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Uh, early in that list is humility. Um, if, if we can't start to approach conflict or disagreements in humility, it's going to be difficult to move very far, very fast right. um, to resolving that. Yeah, if your goal is to win the, the dispute, the argument, um, you'll, you, you could possibly get what you want. You could possibly win, um, but, you won't, uh, but you won't gain reconciliation and peace in, in most of those cases. And to take that heart posture that says, I could be wrong— that's incredibly humbling 
you know, mm. that just that hurts. Uh, that that hurts to to see that, yeah, maybe I am the problem here. There's part of me that owns some of this, but if you're not willing to be hurt that way, if you're not willing to sacrifice yourself that way, um, and I think that's kind of again where this is rooted in the gospel that passage is rooted in the gospel obviously christ uh never did anything wrong but even he humbled himself he he um sacrificed himself so that there could be reconciliation there and if we're not willing to take that same posture but we always want to end up on top and protect ourselves Hmm. or protect these things that we love then we're we're never gonna resolve these issues yeah yeah you humble yourself or you will be humbled like james 4 says Mm -hmm. um and james 4 is in the context of yeah, why do you have disputes? Why do these things happen? And basically because we want and we don't get what we want. <laughs> we want what we want <laughs> and we want it now. And then he concludes by yelling at them saying, you adulterous people. Yeah, or you, idolatrous. You idolatrous yeah. people. Yeah. Um, that these desires that you have are, are really what you're worshiping. He, says, because he you're, says, girl, wash your face. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he said that. Something. It's in the Greek. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's really but, good. But you know, earlier in chapter one, he lays out the formula of where that goes, right? And it ends in death. Hmm. Oh, um, wow. right, yeah. right. Pursuing that sin response is going to lead to death, and that that should be humbling. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that's a good diagnostic, right? Is like you know, you you raise that one question: what are you what are you threatened by in this, or what are you afraid of losing in this? What what idol yeah. um, is really the thing that you're kind of protecting? That oh, this is getting too close to my work and how important my work is to me and because of that I'm I'm responding to protect that so that's a good kind of diagnostic step to take what are what are some other maybe diagnostic questions that you could ask somebody to help them figure out what's going on in their hearts well I'll start with your your comment just a minute ago on just humbling yourself you know it may be that you need to go to another party and just ask them am I right here or am I possibly wrong and and that's communicating a willing heart to be teachable and hear potentially rebuke that, no, I think you're wrong. Um, another question might be, uh, is this is this really important in the context of eternity? Wow. Um, that is a good question. Or is this something that could be overlooked and and not a doubt, not dealt with? Is the, the degree to which you're reacting to this reflective of the degree to which it will be important in the new heavens and the new earth. Right. Is this is this uh, in proportion? Yeah, and as I was thinking of that question, I was thinking back to a podcast you guys did on the book on the conscience mm-hmm. that you had Scott Minema on. I'd, I'd encourage you to hear that because there are some places where we just need to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that they're not eternal issues. Um, you, the, the fact that you're in a conflict could be an idol. It could be that you just need to be in conflict all the time. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the question should be, is this a pursuit of my heart? Because without it, I'm I'm without You're a conflict idol. junkie. It could yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those would be some. Um, you know, I think in response, uh, we like to say in biblical counseling, breathe out grace, um, right? Make your response gospel-centered. Um, it's kind of hard mm. not to be right, mm. um, as the Lord would have us be. Um, so even if you are right there. in a dispute, you still want to impart grace to the hearer or to the 
the other one to the offending party. Yeah, like in Matthew 18, you know, the goal in yeah, approaching yeah. someone in their sin is to gain your brother. It's not to win. It's not to be proven right in the sight of them or in the people watching. It's or to, to choke them and <laughs> demand that they pay what they owe, yeah, like right. the wicked servant That's did. That's right. To know, be, to I be, find that I, I do that. Yeah, exacting and unforgiving yeah. To, to get what you think that you want. And that, that's even then, it's not the posture. Yeah, because when you've been hurt by someone, um, so again, this is assuming that you're innocent uh, in in this dispute, um, you've been hurt, um, our fleshly response is to then make the, the offending party feel that pain that we feel, to put that hurt on them, to say, this is what it feels like for uh, to have you, uh, to have someone do what you did to me. Uh, but the gospel, what you said in Colossians 3, says we forgive as God forgave us in Christ. And and what did Christ do? Christ took that punishment on himself. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. So we do the opposite. We we absorb that that pain of forgiveness, if you will. Um, that pain of of accepting that what you did was wrong, but I'm not going to punish you for it. Mm. And and Chase, you had a sermon on that recently uh, uh, not recently, I don't know, remember when it was, but talking about kind of steps of forgiveness mm. and somebody could go back and listen to that if you remember what text that was on? Uh, it was out of Matthew. Yeah. The unforgiving servant. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Matthew so, 18. Not punishing someone, not bringing it up, not holding over them, yeah. not letting it affect your relationship. Those are, those are all not aspects. Not sharing of, it with others. Not sharing it with others. Yeah. 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 I love what you said earlier, Keith, about how uh, having a humble posture to go to someone, a, some, a faithful brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, am I right here? Am I wrong here? Uh, kind of poke holes in my argument, if you will. Um, that's that's very different than gossip or slander or going around and just seeking uh, support for your side, right? Getting people on your side. That's what we often want to do. We often want to go around and, and present our side of the story in the most um, uh, positive light. Flattering. Flattering, yeah. right? And then get a bunch of people saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're wrong. Right, that that's that's our instinct. But what you're saying is 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 different, and I think is a is a, is a much more Christ-like model of of humility. And I think that ties into the conversation we had about friendship, right? If the only people that you ever go to and talk to are the people that always tell you that you're right, yeah, you don't have friends that can actually rebuke you and mm. love you, and and look objectively at your life and say, no, you're you're wrong here. Um, you need better friends, you know. But Keith, I wanted to go back to something you said at the very beginning because I, I just I haven't thought about this this way you said one of the best places to start is thinking about God's sovereignty mm. how does God's sovereignty help us think about conflict well well so I think at the root it's we if we don't see God as truly sovereign in all things then we exclude him from some things mm. um, it, it's not important to him um he he has no interest in this. Um, those no, might be no things we tell each other. Yeah. Sorry, no purpose in it. No purpose in it. Um, this conflict is so harsh. God couldn't possibly be in the middle of it. Mm. And guess what? He is. Um, in fact, he may be using it. Right, Romans eight twenty eight. He may be using that all good things. But I've 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 seen in counseling in particular that if I'm not stand if I if I as a counselee am not standing firmly on trusting God and trusting in His Word, then I start to bring other resources 
into play and it doesn't tend to end well um mm-hmm. right you don't you don't tend to end up on the good side of of God's plan so you've kind of gone through that step going again to Matthew chapter 5 um which is just so wise i think we just need to think about this all the time that you need to see the plank in your own eye before you're trying to address the speck in somebody mm-hmm. else's eye mm-hmm. that um Jesus just assumes you've got the much bigger problem and and you've got control over what you do and how you respond and how you're trying to rightly worship God. You don't necessarily have control over the other person. So start with yourself. Let's say you've kind of walked somebody through that process, helped them see their planks. But they say, you know what? I still, there, there is legitimately a speck in this other person's eye that I think needs to be addressed and addressed rightly. What do they do? So in the in the book The Peacemaker by Ken Sande, he kind of lays out a good four G's approach to how you deal with this. For you start by glorifying God. Um, step two is exactly what you said: get the get the log out of your own eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the purpose of going to them is to gently restore. There's a broken yeah. relationship there, and there's a reconciliation that needs to happen. And that process involves. Um, Right, a forgiveness model that includes repentance at the beginning. Right, uh, Chris Braun would say in his book Un- Unpacking Forgiveness, this is a transaction between two parties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as simple as I'm sorry, um, and then be reconciled. Right, go and be reconciled. Um, those aren't easy steps. Right, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't likely tell you in five minutes go do those things. But but Scripture has a lot to tell us about each of those steps and how to go about doing it. And it should be one-to-one, um, but it may be, you know, as you as you progress in Matthew 18, it may be that you need to go get other parties to come with you. Still with that desire of yeah, being restoring. reconciled, restoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's huge. Yeah, going back to what we talked about earlier, not just wanting to win an argument or, or be proven right in any situation. Um, and I'm thinking of Colossians 3 again, that all of these things are bound up in love. So... Mm-hmm. In order for us to approach someone uh, that we're in conflict with, to really have reconciliation as a goal means that we love this person and that we're coming to them in love um, and that we want to restore that relationship uh, because we love each other and because we are uh, united in Christ. And that just comes across so differently, doesn't it? Like, you know, I'm sure you guys have too. Um, I've had people talk to me and and try to address issues, address conflicts. And you can tell when somebody's mad and trying to win, trying to uh, hurt or exact vengeance. Um, Mm. But then you can also tell when somebody's coming and saying, hey, I've got something hard that I need to say to you, but I'm, but I love you. And that's why I'm saying, you can just feel the difference. It doesn't, it, it it still hurts. Sometimes it hurts to see our own sin. Um, But it just, you walk away from, or at least I have walked away from those interactions feeling loved by that person even as they're they're telling me something really hard you and and that's the gospel at work that's that's how God works. yeah 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 it makes me think of there's a there's a fire that burns and scars and there's a fire that purifies hmm. and so you go through hmm. that purifying fire of reconciliation even if it's hard uh, but it's good and you both leave uh, reunited and reconciled but also I think more like Christ yeah, uh, because you've had a little bit of that old flesh burnt off. Yeah, and I think dross. that's that's why that belief in God's sovereignty is so helpful when you're in conflict. 
Um, I, I know that I've, I've gotten to points now where uh, I'll do something stupid and I can tell that my wife is hurt and we're about to have a conflict. Uh, we're about to have a conversation. And before, I just used to be afraid of that when that would happen. And I would try to avoid it or I would try to hide things because um, because I idolized my, my rightness and my comfort and all of those things. And um, more and more, I'm not perfect at this, but more and more when I can see that conflict coming now, I just kind of have this voice in the back of my head that says, this is not going to be fun for the next three or four hours, but I'm going to be more like Jesus after this is done. I'm going to see sin in myself mm. that needs to come out. My wife and I are going to love each other better. We're going to communicate better because of this. We're going to be better on the other side of this because God's in this. Like you said, Keith, God's sovereign over this. And just having that underlying foundation of God's sovereignty helps me approach that with um, a trust in God's goodness, you know, and a trust that even though it's going to be hard, this is going to work together for good in time. Yeah. Asking for forgiveness really stinks, um, <laughs> but it's it's really good for us. So question along those lines for you, Keith, is... If somebody, uh, like Chase was just saying, is maybe avoiding conflict, what's a word that you would have for them? Yeah, that's easy to do. This is this is one of my favorite things to do. I just look the other way, and it's not worth dealing with right now or maybe ever. Um, a day comes and goes, and I've completely forgotten about it. But in reality, those collect over time. Hmm. Um it's my little bag of marbles, and it keeps getting bigger. And eventually, that's going to weigh me down, and it's going to become an issue when it wasn't originally. And so, it is good to deal with those situations mm-hmm. when they come up and not flee from them. Um, maybe you don't have to deal with it immediately. You know, sometimes what might be a good a good approach. And um, Deb has a signal she'll give me. Um, that's usually when I'm not responding well as a father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's just a signal that says we need to talk, but understand it's later because there's some mm. cooling down that may need to happen. Yeah. Um, and yet it needs to be dealt with. Yeah. If we if we just keep shoving stuff under a table, it gets pretty messy under there pretty soon. And this is where you end up with the couple that's fighting over what brand of peanut butter to get in the grocery store. It's not yeah, really about the right. peanut butter. It's 35 yeah. years of those little things that mm-hmm. have accumulated over time and just never been addressed well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So even if you have a long fuse... Um, so to uh, so to speak, it's it's not necessarily a good thing to let that fuse burn all the way down uh, because there's a there's a bomb <laughs> at the end of the fuse. Um, but there is biblical principle for overlooking an offense, right? So it's the glory of one to overlook an offense. Uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, so we don't we don't certainly don't want to create a culture around here yeah. where we're just confronting everyone all the time. Um, uh, but the but the opposite is true as well. Where if we're never confronting real sin real planks and specks, then we're not going to be seeing clearly. We're not going to be living right uh, uh, according to God's Word and with each other. So, uh, so we, need, we need godly wisdom. Uh, we need wisdom from above to know uh, those differences. And you need good counsel. You need, you need good friends. You need uh, godly mentors. You need biblical counselors who are going to point you to God's Word and help you to know when is the time to cover. Maybe that's something you, you cover and love. And uh, mm-hmm. if this isn't something that's just happening all the time, right? There could be, there could be criteria for that. Um, but then, could be that you're just avoiding conflict because mm-hmm. it's hard, uh, and you need to address it. Yeah, and I think that principle of overlooking is very similar to the principle of forgiving. You know, and those kind of those rules of that. Like, if you're really going to overlook this sin, that means you're not putting the marble in your bag. You're nope. making that commitment. 
I'm not going to keep thinking about this. And then I think even from that place, you can start to notice, you know what? I've thrown away the same marble three or four times. This is not a grudge, mm-hmm. but this is an issue that I think now deserves yeah, addressing. Good. Yeah, the relationship's getting more and more distant, right? That's separation. Um, you know, the other side of it could be true. Uh, there's really not harm being done, but we're not asking the question, Lord, what are you trying to identify in my own mm-hmm. heart that I'm just blind to? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see. Um mm-hmm. Right, again, that's all part of the sanctification process, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I'd like to play off on your comment about maybe we need some good counselors, it's helpful to know that right, every member of the church is a counselor. That's right. It's not because you hold a certificate or you're right. because you're in a ministry. Um, we're all meant to soul care for each other or be a source for it. Yeah. Um, so that's community groups, um, you know, plug for being involved in one. If you're not in one, it's kind of hard to get that relational soul care. Um, And you've got fellow brothers and sisters that would love to disciple you uh, through incidents like these. And and that's every member's duty. We've all got the Holy Spirit and we've all got a Bible. And that's the minimum requirement. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and if you're a member of this church, then you have 512 or so other members who part of our job is to hold one another accountable according to his word. Uh, like I said earlier, we we do these conversations with our Bibles open uh, because we want God's word to speak and to come to bear on these conflicts, on these on these situations. That being said, we do have a biblical counseling training center here at the church. We've got a, a program that people can go through. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, we... The program that we currently offer is uh, takes about a year to complete, but it would take you to the point of submitting your application for certification as an ACBC counselor. Um, there's stops along the way that you can get off on. We're about to finish up the lecture portion of the current cohort, for example, and that's 30 hours of just really good lectures. So we just talked about every member being a counselor. Those lectures will be great for every single member. Yeah. Um, because they really do help us see God's Word as relevant to things like conflict or depression or bipolar or marital conflict, marital issues. So, very helpful. And then we do some reading, um, have some good books we go through together. And then the final portion is writing the exam, um, which is what people get scared through. But we have a really good program to help you get through each of the questions in the exam and come out the other end with answers mm. um, that should be passing. So, so you mentioned books. What are some good books that you would recommend if somebody's dealing yeah, with conflict? Yeah, these aren't the ones that, well, some of these we may be reading, um, but I mentioned The Peacemaker by Ken Sennett, probably so good. the good go-to for um, issues yep. like this. Um, it's just filled with so many examples. I think if you're yeah. feel, going through some kind of conflict, you probably have that as an example in the book somewhere, and then you can use that as a jumping-off point. Yeah, in fact, even some of them he starts out with, you think, oh, my heavens, I couldn't believe that ever possible. Like, mm. there's some some stories that are just unbelievable, but the the result is restoration. Right. Yeah, right? on peacemaking, uh, we, we tell our kids all the time that they're peacemakers, uh, even from when they were little, because one has a toy, the other one wants the toy, um, and so there's conflict. Um, and then we just, we're speaking that identity into our home, into our family. This is who we are as Hodges. We, we are peacemakers. So whatever that means for both of you, looking at both my kids, you're both peacemakers. So if that means giving the toy to the other person to make peace, then that's what you do. Um, so, 
uh, just seeing that as as part of our identity yeah. as as believers as Christ followers um we we just we forget that so much because we we place other things other aspects of our identity over the fact that we should be peacemakers and that's so applicable to our day and culture yeah. and time oh, yes. And that's a good example of compromise, problem solving. I think these are all aspects of conflict resolution that the peacemaker does get into as well. Yes. Like how do you kind of approach coming to some good solution yeah. that, that both of us feel not just reconciled, but also that this legitimate problem has been adequately dealt with? Yeah, it's a good source. I, it's the first my, my first go-to. Um, War of Words by Paul Tripp, mm-hmm. another helpful one. A lot of this, we didn't talk too much about it, but Proverbs has a lot to say about our tongue, our words, mm, how yeah. we deliver them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those tend to be a jumping off point for conflict. Yeah. Um, and then I think at the very beginning, we talked about humility. Um, CJ Mahaney, yeah. um, mm-hmm. humility, true one. greatness. Um, you'd be hard-pressed to do wrong to follow some of his findings in that book. That's excellent. Man, Keith, thanks thanks so much uh, for taking the time and, and considering these things. And um, as I was thinking about this this conversation, uh, we've joked behind the scenes, Chase and I, that we could sum up a, a few of our episodes by saying, calm down and be nice to each other. <laughs> so Maybe that needs to be our new sign-off. That's kind of how I want to <laughs> sign off, is let's all calm down and be nice to each other. Amen. So, by God's grace, we can. Amen. Well, thanks, Keith, for being here. You've been listening to the Desert Springs Church podcast. If you would like to uh, get any more information about this, ask Keith some questions about uh, biblical counseling or ask a pastor about conflict resolution, um, you can email us, info at dscabq.com. We're going to keep on putting episodes together, Lord willing. We'll have another one next week. Until then, on behalf of Keith Schwalm and Drew Hodge, I'm Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. And calm down. And come nice down and be nice to each other. <laughs> That's great. Well, you've been listening to the Desert Springs oh, Church you podcast. <laughs> I was going to see. I was going to see if you would sign I'll us do off. It. Let Chase, me do go it. ahead. Sorry, that was. I totally missed that. Pick up. I feel like that's something out of Doctor Who. You were in a Christian boy band. Heart of the matter, it's a matter of the heart. The same blood flows through my veins. Because I know how to load a dishwasher. <laughs>